0: Hello, and welcome to the weekly market update from DMP Paribas Asset Management. I'm Daniel Moore, Senior Investment Strategist. And this week on our podcast, I'm joined by Pam Wu, who is the head of U.S. equities and the manager of our Consumer Innovators Strategy. So clearly one of the big implications of the coronavirus pandemic Uh, are likely significant changes, not only in how we work, but also in how we consume in the future. And this is what Pam has been thinking very deeply about and looking for the opportunities that that may present in the markets. Uh, But before we talk to Pam, uh, what's been actually happening in the markets over the last week, and certainly uh, the most notable event has been the real uh, positive shock, if you will, for the U.S. non-farm payrolls data. So after uh, weeks, if not months, of just catastrophic, frankly, labor data, skyrocketing uh, jobless claims, uh, millions of jobs lost that we saw last, uh, last month, the expectation had been going into the data release for this month that we would see several million more jobs lost in the month of May. Uh, but instead of that, uh, what have been forecast to be lost of seven and a half million jobs. Uh, the U.S. economy created two and a half million jobs. So it really does start to raise the question of whether certainly the most pessimistic forecast, uh, at least for the U.S., that we've seen from economists may not necessarily be correct, which would certainly be a very good thing. We've talked about how we've seen a disconnect between, on one hand, the quite dire uh, economic forecasts, for example, uh, some data predicts a fifty percent five zero percent decline in u s GDP in the second quarter uh, and contrasting that with what we saw uh, in for the level of u s equities you know really strong gains not only from the initial balance that we had at the end of March but that has continued now into june and you've had kind of more and more commentators wondering about whether or not that disconnect between the growth outlook and the market was sustainable. Well, the data that we've had now for the labor market, at least in the US, suggests maybe the stock market isn't quite so crazy as we might've assumed, but certainly we're gonna need uh, a lot more confirmation of that to see whether the levels that we do have so far for at least US equities are warranted. Uh, That said, we got uh, quite a bit of other supportive news uh, over the last week, number one we had a bigger-than-expected increase in the support from the European Central Bank. Uh, They've increased their kind of new uh, coronavirus quantitative easing program, going to be buying yet more uh, Eurozone government debt, which was certainly very well received by the market. There was a big rally in the euro, and also a similar rally for Italian government bond spread. So certainly investors feeling much more positive about the outlook in the eurozone now that you see the ECB stepping up and offering support, uh, not quite approaching necessarily what we've had from the Fed, but certainly more than we'd had before. And then on top of that, really a dramatic turnaround, if you think about it, in the support that you're getting from Germany for its own economy. I mean, don't forget during the eurozone crisis, Uh, Germany was kind of the leader of the austerity brigade, counseling that what uh, other countries in the Eurozone needed to do was to cut spending uh, and reduce budget deficits. Uh, Now that they're facing uh, a recession pretty much like everyone else in the Eurozone, uh, what they've done, or at least have been able to afford to do, is one of the largest stimulus packages uh, in the world relative to, to GDP. So a big. Uh, increase in spending, cuts in taxes, and something that should certainly help the German economy recover. Uh, And then with that, uh, it helps stimulate the rest of the Eurozone. So good news in the U.S. economy, good news out of Europe, both from the ECB and on the fiscal side, uh, and also now looking at how markets continue to take this information into account. So that's the broad picture that we've had over the last week. As I said at the beginning, uh, what we're all thinking about is what of the changes that we've all been going through with the coronavirus are going to be long-lasting and and what ones are more shorter term, and particularly when we think about what will change once a vaccine is available. Uh, So hopefully that's soon, and to some degree, we can go back to our normal lives Uh, But there are going to be a lot of changes that are likely to be much more long-lasting. And this is where Pam, uh, as I said, thinks a lot about what companies are going to be able to take advantage of those changes. So, Pam, if I can turn to you, what do you see as the main impact of the pandemic on consumer trends? What exactly
1: has changed? Well, the outbreak of COVID-19 is having a profound impact on the global economy and consumer markets. As a result, many consumer trends have been accelerated. So since the pandemic outbreak, with the exception of e-commerce, uh, most discretionary stocks in the retail, restaurants, lodging, cruising, leisure have underperformed relative to staples and e-commerce, reflecting shelter-in-place and high demand for what we describe as bare yeah. essentials, uh, toilet paper, cleaning, disinfectant, food, etc. So one of the biggest things we saw was how consumer dollars have shifted quickly. With the shelter-in-place orders, consumers were not going to retail stores because they were closed. They weren't going to restaurants or bars and not traveling anywhere. That actually unlocked a lot of potential for consumers to spend online as they stayed at home. And stimulus checks, which hit mid-April, provided that extra boost. So we're even hearing from companies that trends in May have improved over April. And when we look at the April and May combined period, overall e-commerce grew a staggering 60 percent, 6-0, six zero, which is roughly four times greater than in 2019. So this pandemic has really pulled forward two years of e-commerce penetration, meaning that we have seen e-commerce inflecting. Consumers are ordering online and having the goods delivered or picked up at the curbside, So we believe there's going to be a permanent acceleration of shift online.
0: Now, of course, what we all think about as we we sit at home and work at home and, uh, I guess, dream about being able to go outside and going back to shops and, I guess, things now that all seem quite exciting, what are some of the consumer themes and beneficiaries of COVID-19 as we move from sheltering in place to reopening?
1: While the sales and traffic declines from the closures and shelter-in-place seemed consistent across the non-essential retailers, uh, restaurants, and entertainment places, we expect a lot more divergence in trends during the reopening phase. Uh, We think companies that are better positioned in a new social distancing world uh, will be those that are in contactless, uncrowded shopping and leisure experiences. So in a recent survey by Morgan Stanley, 72% of the respondents indicated that they will continue to avoid large gatherings, which was up from 55% in the prior week. And even further, 65% are going to avoid taking cruises, 64% will avoid traveling abroad, and 57% plan to avoid traveling within the U.S. by airplane. So all of those dollars can be um, spent elsewhere, and we think in addition to e-commerce, A couple of consumer trends uh, that we see will continue to benefit. Uh, Gaming and streaming content companies did extremely well during the lockdown. Game publishers saw surging users. Um, This is new, existing, and returning, um, as well as engagement or time spent surge. I have three sons and that can vouch for the, and I can really vouch for the strength and the time spent in gaming. Uh, one area that was also strong going into the pandemic, but will be even stronger coming out will be health and wellness. Uh, COVID-19 has reinforced the importance of being healthy and having healthy immune systems, which also includes strong mental health. For example, sporting goods retailers have seen strength in golfing, biking, fishing, and home fitness. And so for consumer, we continue to stay focused yet balanced on our secular growth themes, such as e-commerce, health and wellness, uh, digital gaming and streaming, uh, the bare necessities, Chinese millennials, as well as experiences over things.
0: So those are certainly some of the near-term impacts that we've all felt ourselves. And as you said, you have three sons, So you've seen it, I imagine, day-to-day, the increase in demand for gaming and streaming. And as you pointed out, we're all certainly shopping online for food and similar items. What about the longer-term trends? What do you think of these changes we're still going to have in place a year or two years from now?
1: Yeah, consumer companies really have to go beyond uh, their products uh, to deliver services and experiences that are entirely relevant to the consumer, um when it really matters. So um while also we think contributing positively to the world. So I think ESG is an area uh, that will be accelerated after this. Uh, technology is clearly the main accelerator for, for consumer companies uh, looking to achieve both relevance um, and scale. And so really the ability to blend both the physical and the digital experiences um, in really personalized, individualized solutions is, is, is a big trend to watch for. Um, you know, a few areas uh, which we call the consumerization of artificial intelligence. AI now everywhere, and, um, you know, it's really continuing to be vast improvements in terms of, um, you know, a, a, as we look, for example, object detection, where a smart thin camera can detect a frozen pizza, and it will know how much it needs to cook and with absolutely no human interaction. Uh, smart home tech is another big theme, uh, especially as as I, I think that more uh, consumers will continue to look uh, towards staying at home, um, is, is to create intelligent living spaces that take care of us instead of uh, the opposite. You know, I mentioned earlier digital streaming content um you know in terms of the competitors that are out there um you know there's just a vast amount of choice uh in the industry and uh as well as competition and you know we think that the rich and exciting content that we that we see is going to get even more granular and, you know, consumer spending on streaming services uh, is expected to reach more than $20 billion by 2023, so more from that area. In addition, cloud-based gaming, you know, the gaming industry historically has set the pace for innovation in the tech world, and we think that will continue to be the case. The rapid rise of eSports is already a billion-dollar industry, uh, so cloud-based gaming is, is just another trend. Companies are really trying to focus on the democratization of gaming. So it's not just about owning a console or a high end PC anymore. So there's going to be a lot more options. And then finally, uh, digital health. Uh, we think that digital health has now become really a lifestyle industry that includes uh, sleep tech, baby tech, et cetera. And, you know, I, I talked earlier about uh, health and wellness, but. Thanks to advances in, in both 5G and AI, we think that digital health is really expected to move from um, you know, something like systems-based telehealth to really evidence-based. And I think that with the aging population and the focus on, on the healthcare crisis, that this will be even more important going forward.
0: Well, thanks very much, Pam. It seems to me that you highlighted how what we've seen, certainly over the last couple of months, is a pretty significant shift. Uh, away from consumers discretionary demand or at least consumer discretionary stocks that have suffered uh, while staples have benefited. And you pointed out how uh, not only have we had an increase in of online spending for obvious reasons because people are at home, but the stimulus checks uh, that have been sent out not only uh, in the US, but in other parts of Europe certainly have helped accelerate that trend. And as you pointed out, just a huge increase in a short period of time in in e-commerce. Uh, Over the medium term, uh, you highlighted that it seems that people, at least for a while now, are going to be reticent uh, to return to to crowded venues, concerts, uh, perhaps uh, more concerned about travel and airlines and so on. Uh, But it was very interesting that you pointed out it's not like uh, that means that demand disappears, it just is redirected. So instead of uh, paying for a flight to Thailand, People are maybe going to be spending that money on uh, health and wellness experiences closer to home or gaming and streaming. So, again, it's looking uh, for those opportunities that will be presented as people kind of refocus what's important to them. And in the longer term, it really seems that it kind of still centers around uh, technology and how consumer companies are going to be using technology to personalize experiences, uh, be it around digital health, as you discussed, or smart home technology. So it seems really uh, a lot of growth, a lot of exciting innovation that we're going to be seeing, uh, and a lot of that really just having been accelerated because of what we've had with the coronavirus pandemic. Well, that's it uh, from us for this week. Thanks very much for listening in. If you do have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your b Paribas Asset Management contact.